Beloved, you are about to listen to a message from Reverend Prince Lai. Reverend Prince Lai is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of Rescue.
what they did for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They will do it again in your life. As you worship the Lord. What they did for David. What they did for Jacob. What they did for Mary. What they did for Joseph. What they did for Joshua. What they did for Canaan. As you worship, he will do the same for you. Listen to me. Whatever God has done before, He is able to do again. Do you hear what I said? Whatever God has done before, you read the Bible and you saw that God prospered a common man and made him rich in silver, rich in gold, rich in cattle, rich in property. Then he's able to do it again. Then he's able to do it again. If you read in the Bible and Rebecca was minding her business in her father's house and somebody sent to go and look for a wife and they found Rebecca to be a wife of a wealthy man then he can do it again he can do it again if he gave people job to do then he can do it again if he gave people marriages then he can do it again if he gave people scholarships then he can do it again if he increased the work of people then, then he can do it again he can do it again he can do it again. He can do it again. Lift up your two hands and just sing it. He can do it again. That is why we are singing. That is why we are worshiping. That is why we are singing. That is why we are worshiping. Whatever you have done before, he can do it again. Heavenly Father, your word is already anointed. Anoint these lips of clay, ordain power in my mouth. And as I preach your word, heal the sick. As I preach your word, touch the lives of people. As I preach your word, transform destiny. As I preach your word, change lives. As I preach your word, connect those who need connected. As I preach your word, help those who need help. As I preach your word, touch the lives of, of people. Those whose destinies are broken. Put them apart. Those whose marriages are failing. Lord, revive it. Those who need a touch in their finances. Lord, give them a touch. Touch the lives of people, Lord. And magnify yourself. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Come on, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Amen. Amen. Do you want to take back your seat? And as you do so, I want to welcome you specially to the house of the Lord. God richly bless you for coming to worship with us this morning. And I want you to welcome someone on your left and on your right. Tell the person, welcome to the house of God. 
Tell the person your life will never be the same. Put your two hands together for Jesus. Oh, do it better. Do it better. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning is a very beautiful morning. Oh, I said it's a beautiful morning. And I'm happy that you didn't wake up at the hospital. I am happy you didn't open your eyes to realize you are in a coffin somewhere. But you are part of the living. And you are looking beautiful this morning. That means everything will be fine. Tell somebody, my dear, you are looking beautiful. Everything will be fine. Everything will be okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Last two weeks, we started a very beautiful journey. And last week, we had to switch to do something more evangelistic. But today, I want to continue what I was doing last two weeks. Hallelujah. Is it a good idea? Last two weeks, as church members and Christians, we were looking at something very fantastic. We were looking at a topic we call why you must join a cell group. Why you must be a part of a cell group. For a lot of you, you have, you have seen people coming to your house calling you for our cell meetings. Some of you, you have joined. Others, you are yet to join. But some of you too, you are on and off. But some of you, you are going reluctantly. You are, you are going, but you don't really want to go. You are reluctant about the whole thing. Because you don't understand. You see, the Bible says that whatever we do without faith becomes sin. Now that whatever we do without understanding, it doesn't work. Whatever you do without believing in it, it will not produce results. And that is why as your pastor, I must teach you what you need to know about cell meetings. Is it a good idea at all? And so we explained last two weeks a cell is the smallest unit of organism. But when you take any living organism, it is further broken down into cells. And the more the cells, the bigger the organism. Unicellular organisms are very small. That means that they have only one cell. Example, the amoeba. They are very small, but it will take big, big organisms like human beings, like animals, big, big animals, like the elephant, and different, different animals. They are made up of several cells, many, 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 many cells. And the cells come together to form tissue. The tissue come together to form organs with a related function. And organs with a related function form a system, like the reproductive system. Them. Like the excretory system, like the digestive system, like the respiratory system, like the blood transportation system. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And so the whole organism of a person is made up of different different systems. And so we liken it to the church. That Jesus Christ or the Bible has made us understand that Jesus' church is actually his body. And so as we have gathered, we are the body of Jesus. And so we are a living thing. We are not just an association, we are a living thing. And Jesus is our head. And so if we are an organism and we are a living thing, that means that we are also supposed to make up of cells. Smaller units. And so the church should be able to be further broken down into small, 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 small groups. If we are unable to break the church into small, small, small groups, then the church will not be able to function well. We will lack in several things. That is why when you come to the church, we have the ushering unit. It's a, it's a, it's a cell on its own. We have the choir. It's a cell on its own. We have the media. It's a cell on its own. We have different, different parts of the church that has come together and today you are receiving. Amen. We have those who come to clean. If they don't come to clean, you'll be in trouble when you come there. The whole place will be in a mess. In the same way, we have some who are coming from Kwashiman cell. We have some coming from Odoko Central cell. We have some who are coming from Olebu. We have some who are coming from Alabama. We have some who are coming from Copies. We have some who are coming from official time. At the junction. Different, different cell groups. And we are gathered here this morning. And so if you take all of us here, we are broken down into different, different, different groups. Put your two hands together for Jesus. And so the, the, the principle of cell is working in the church. And you must be a part of it. It's important you must join. And so last week we looked whether it is even biblical. We saw that in the, in the Bible there were, there were two dimensions of church. They, they had the public church. And then they had the house to house church. And so Paul was teaching at the public church like a, a, a big gathering like this and was also teaching them in their homes. Peter also was teaching them in Jerusalem in the big church in the temple like I'm doing. But within the week they were going to their homes to teach. They had small, small, small groups. In, in their first crusade in Acts chapter 2 they won 3,000 souls. There wasn't any building to house 3,000 souls. So how were they meeting? They were meeting in homes. They were meeting small, small groups. And it is wisdom. It's biblical wisdom. And so it is a biblical thing. Last week we established that. We also looked at why people don't join. Hello, are you here? Last week, last two weeks, we looked at why people refuse to join a cell group or a group at all in the church. And we saw some interesting reasons. We said 
number one is because they are very proud. They feel like they are bigger than those who are there. They feel like they are older than those who are there. They feel like they are more educated than those who are there. They feel like they even know scriptures than those who are there. They feel like, oh, for me, it is Pastor Prince who can teach me the word of God. Where, where from this young guy? Where from this young lady? And so they prefer to come so that Pastor Prince will teach them, but they don't want to see a young guy teaching them in their They don't want to allow that young lady to teach them. They want to come so that the main pastor will teach them. It's pride. They, 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 they feel like academically, you know, they are, they are, they, the gap is too wide. It doesn't matter your academic background. It doesn't matter your level and your age. In Jesus' day, children came there. He prayed for them. He said, don't stop the children from coming to me. For tears is the kingdom of God. Don't stop them. And so in the cell group, don't stop the children. Don't feel like because they are there, you can't serve God. It is pride. Learn to mix with the children. Learn to mix with the uneducated. Learn to mix with the unemployed. Learn to mix with people who are less beautiful like yourself. Learn to mix with people who are less handsome, who are not your class. Learn to mix with them. If in case you think you have a class. Learn to mix with those who are classless. Hallelujah. Amen. We said another reason why people don't attend home sales is because they are ignorant. They don't know the reason. They don't know how important it is. They don't know how powerful it is. They, they, they feel like it's not important. They feel like, oh, why are we wasting our time? Oh, but, but Sunday I came to church. Why should I come again on Tuesday? They don't understand. They are immature. If they have grown in the Lord, they will understand. We also said that it's because they don't love God. Once you don't love someone anymore, you start giving excuses. You start giving excuses. Is that saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm busy, that's why I didn't respond to your call. I'm busy, that's why I can't text you. When I go to work, don't call me, I'll be very busy. But when you start... The, the, the relationship or, or the time when the love was fresh, you see that you can be working power, but you run and go and make a call in the washroom. You are able to excuse yourself and still respond to text message. As a matter of fact, every 15 minutes you check whether you have received the WhatsApp from the person. And so where from the, the, the certain business, where from the certain excuse, you can see that it is only a love issue. It's an issue of love. The love has gone away. And so excuses appear. And so those who are giving excuses, you know, I don't close early. You know, I don't get home early. You know, I don't have time. Hey, my, my dear, if you were going to take money, you would have gone. 
they were distributing something over there you would have attended. So the whole issue is that you don't love God. That's why you are saying that you don't close early. That's why you are saying that you don't have time. That's why you are saying that you are tired. I'm too tired. It's because you don't love the person. You don't love God. What we are going to do there, you don't love God. Also, it is because they don't want to be known. A lot of people they don't want to be known. When you are in the big church, you see, when we close, nobody knows you. And so, if you are a womanizer, who know? If you are a thief, who know? If you are a bad person, who know? We will not really get to know your character because on Sunday morning, everybody looks like an angel. We dress well, and then we come to church. But when we leave and we go to our area and we find ourselves in small groups and the people in the group may know you around. And the other, is this brother also part of the group here? In the, in the area, he's very wild though. And because they don't want people to get to know them and know who they truly are, they don't want to get involved with small groups. They want to stay in the life crowd. That's when they are safe. Nobody will know their true nature. But when they are in small groups, we will know who they are. We will know the work they do. We will know where they stay. Some of them, they are living fake lives. So they don't want to come to a, a, a group so that people will know their house. And so when we try to know their house, they say, no, no, don't come to my house. Because they are not who they portray they are. Some of them, they are in the church just to chase girls. Ah, yes, we know them. They are just in the church to chase girls. People come to tell me always that this guy came to propose. And one guy has proposed to about six girls. Such a guy will not want to be part of a small group. Because he will start proposing to everybody and will catch him. So he loves to float in the big crowd. That's why you hardly, you don't know that he has gone to propose to, to someone. That know has gone, gone, someone, someone actually came here with its own, he, he stayed with a woman who that he's supposed to marry before they came to church. And the woman is still in his household. The woman also comes here. But he went about proposing to other people. And so if not that, the people came to tell me. You see, he would just be using. Meanwhile, he has somebody in his house. Such people, they don't like cell groups. Ask someone, are you part of them? Are you hiding your true character? Are you hiding your true nature? Why don't you want to be a part of a small group? You don't want us to know your house, eh? You don't want us to come to your home, eh? You don't want us to hear your record in your area. So you don't want to join the small group. Because in the small group, we go and evangelize to the people in the area. When they come, they will know you. Ah, this guy is here. Oh, then, then the church, I won't come, I won't come. If this guy is here, I won't come. And so they won't come to me, no. Say, mercy, Lord. Are you following me? So different, different reasons. Some of them, they don't respect. They are disobedient and rebellious. Pastor says, let's have a cell group. God has instructed us to do a cell group. They say, I will not do it. 
I don't have time for that nonsense. I'll not come for that meeting. I don't know why I should come to I, I, I come to the main church. Why? Is it not enough? They are simply disobedient people. They are rebellious people. They may not talk. They'll look at you quietly. Oh, join home cell. They will not. But they won't come. They are disobedient people. They don't respect pastor and the church. They don't respect anybody. So when we say we should meet, they say, I won't come. Oh, those people, they don't even know what they are saying. We are, we are busy, we are busy, we are busy for things. Around that time, they are showing some movie. That series, I can't miss it. They are very disobedient people. Amen. Amen. Are you one of them? Welcome, one. Are you one of them? Do you have all these reasons or one of it? You must change them. So this morning, I want to ask reasons why you must join a cell group. I've just gone over why they don't join. Oh, clap your hands. Oh, you're angry already. I've not yet started. You are, you are angry. Hey. Now, reasons why you must belong to a cell group. Reasons why you must be a part of a cell group. Number one, because it is a biblical way of serving God. It's a Bible way of serving God. You can't serve God by avoiding himself. It is important. It's necessary. In Acts chapter 20, verse 20, look, look, look. People who serve God, they serve God in two ways. They go to the big church and they have small groups. You are not a 21st century person to come and change it. Look at Paul. He said, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I have taught you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. That's how to serve God. We serve God publicly. Like I'm doing this Sunday and house to house. Tell somebody house to house is fast. You didn't say somebody is or, or the person is not a human being. Tell the one if you do that, you are insulting the person that the person is not nice, the person is not beautiful, the person is not or the person don't understand this, or the person uh, uh, that their mouth is smelling, excuse me to say that's why you can't talk to the person. It's pride. Look in the face of the person and tell the person we serve God house to house. Beautiful. Clap your hands for the Lord. It's a biblical of serving God. It's a biblical instruction. I to read in the Bible when the Bible told us in Hebrews 10.25 He said do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. They were not gathering in a big church like we have Mainly they were gathering in homes. And then once in a while when they get a chance without the Roman soldiers they will meet in the big church. Them, they were hiding from the Romans so that they were in them home. The house to house ministry. And Paul warned them that do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As is the character of some people. Say character. It is the character of some people. Now, is it your character? As the one by you, my dear, is that your character? You didn't say, tell somebody, is that your character? You don't like coming for home, sir. Is that your character? Then change your character. Tell them, change your character. 
Change your character. We are doing home cell and you say you won't come. What sort of bad character is that? Where are you from? Where did you come from? Why don't you want to join home cell? Are you hiding from us? Are you fake? You are not fake. Let's know your house. Some group of people came to this church. Last two years. There are some group of Nigerians. All apologies to Nigerians. We have good Nigerians in this church. Some of them, they count money for us. For me to put a person to go and count money, I mean, I, 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 I trust the person. We have good Nigerians like Tinedu and all that. Corona has kept them in Nigeria. But after all, they, 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 they will come back. But we got some group of Nigerians. Some stole laptops from people. We thought to go to their house from the beginning. They did their allowance. One day when we sneaked them, we found their house. We met them with sealed clap. Clap. And then, and then they, they do, before I heard it, they have duped a member in the chair. They, they've given the person a fake laptop and oh. You see, so those people they don't want us to. Another group also came. They said, "Oh, pastor, we will do this. We will buy this. We have fresh." And now after they just came to me. They, you see, I sent people to go and look for their homes. Oh, these brothers go and look for their homes. They, they tossed us. They don't want us to know their homes. So I was wondering, ah, you people, you are even happy. You want to help us buy this, buy this, do the work. Oh, you've come to see me and all that. So why did I don't want us to know your They said, no, no, where, where we are living, you can't, you can't come and visit because of the... No, it's a residential place. They were giving us fights. Hey, hey, we, we are from the slum. So one day, I was here in the afternoon. Then they called me. Said, Pastor, we want to see you. Then they came. What was their mission? Their mission is that they are Sakawa boys. And they, they have something on the And the police are now investigating. So it has become a big issue. And they need me to pray for them so that they will break through. Then I remembered why they don't want us to see their home. Because we will know who they are. They are trusted. And I told them that I can't pray such a prayer. The Bible says that we should do honorable work. We should do a good job. We shouldn't do bad jobs. Like stealing. And so what I'm preaching is very real. You, you, you may think I'm just coming up with a teaching. I'm telling you that most of the people you see Sunday morning, you don't know them. Those you will know them are the home cell people. Some of them, when we close, you see that they, they wait for you down there. Then they will take your telephone number. Humanize us with angelic wings. Yes. Humanize us with angelic wings. Some of them, you, you, you see them, they are very, very holy. When you meet them outside the church, they are queens, slave queens. They will not want you to know so they will never get close to you. Because when you get close to you, 
And so they will stay away from every, every small, small group. And you see that they will be hanging out with only the wild people. But God has brought us a home cell. So help us to change. So help us to know one another. Don't stay away from home cell. Don't someone, don't stay away from home cell. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a biblical way to serve God. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered. Do you believe in that statement? Not where a hundred people are gathered. Jesus said, where two or three? Home cell group is two, three. It's not that big. So you feel that God is not there. You feel that, oh God. I want this. I like it when there are instruments. When the pastor says, that's when I sense God. Over here. I don't feel God. You are, you are just canal. You don't know the word of God. Biblical way to serve God is where two or three are gathered. Where two or three are gathered. It's also part. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Am I preaching God? Or I'm annoying you. Number two reason why you must join a home Number two reason. Yeah, Even if today is the first time you are coming to the church, when you become born again, join a home cell so right from now. Right from Number two. It's a biblical method for efficient pastoring. A biblical method for efficient pastoring. And a master key for church growth. Two things put in one. The reason why God asked me to do home sales, even though I know you don't like it, and it is a difficult thing, is because it's a way that I can be your pastor well, or I can efficiently take care of you. Because for a lot of you, for over one month, I'll not get a chance to say hello. How are you? For some of you, I've never said hello to you before. Because our path has not crossed. I try my best when I'm going through the crowd. I'll see someone say hello. How are you? But how many have I been able to say hello? For a lot of you, I don't even have your contact. For me to be able to check up on you, or for me to be able to monitor you and see whether you are doing well spiritually for me to be able to do my pastoral work to take care of your soul for some of you have never been able to come into your house before because you are many and if we say we are not all this so we are more than we, we are here present we are more crowd than this next week you see new faces will also come next week new faces so we, it's like our church you people have been coming in shifts you think that last week you were not here? Some people also came. <laughs> Welcome today. We know next week you will you not come. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we have also planned for you. We planned for you. Amen. <laughs> Tell the person by you to study heaven. We don't go on shift though. You better be consistent. You, you better be consistent. We don't, we don't enter into heaven on shift. In heaven there are no off days and on days. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. For some of you, genuinely, you go to work. We, we know that. But for some of you, it is out of laziness and 
lack of love for God. That's the truth. Sorry for saying the truth. It's a biblical way for efficient pastoring. So how will I be able to be a pastor for you? I need to use Jesus' and then the Bible's method. When you have more than 10, 20, 50 people, you have to start doing what I'm going to talk to you about. Look at that principle in Exodus. Chapter 18. The verse number 21 to 22. Exodus chapter 18, verse Exodus 21 to This is the easiest way of pastoring a, a, a large group of people. Every one of you need the care of a pastor. Every one of you need a pastor who knows you by your name and is praying for you. I'm telling you. Every one of you need a pastor who can check up on you. You see, a pastor is a shepherd. When the shepherd sees that one of the sheep in the morning, the sheep seems not to be working well. Having walked him out. Falling as he tries to walk. Immediately you see that the shepherd will walk straight to that sheep and pick that sheep up. And analyze the sheep. Realize that, oh, maybe it is sick of this or that. And then immediately apply medicine. Treat the sheep so that the sheep will be healed. Isn't it? That is the work of a pastor. As I preach to you, I observe your changes. There are times when I see you, I say, Are you fine? You You don't look fine. What is wrong with you? Even this morning, I I asked one of the ushers at the back. I said, Are you fine? You don't don't really look fine. What was the problem? See, that's the work of a pastor. Pastor is not to just preach from the altar, that is giving you food to eat. But after, I have to check for your well being. And so I do that a lot on your phone. I look at your status a lot. It helps me to know whether you are, you are, you are a fake Christian or a good one. It helps me to know whether you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are backsliding or you are getting on fire. I didn't say go and block me. I'll check you out. Somebody say, ah, Pastor, thank you. Thank you for the help. I'll go and block you. It's like you telling your doctor that I will stop seeing you, then you yourself will be sick. <laughs> because whether you come to church or not, I'll, I'll be doing church here. <laughs> and so should be coming. <laughs> Amen. I'm only here to help you. And so I keep an eye on you. It helps you to know what to pray to God for you. Oh God, save this my, my son from the spirit of worldliness. I will never know too because when I preach, everybody's watching me. Amen. I receive it. Glory to God. I check what you do outside. That helps me to know how to pray for you. When I get a chat with you, it helps me to know what to pray for you. That is my work as a pastor. But I can't do that for the over 120 or 200 or 400 people. I can't do that. By the time I'll come back from one, the others will be burnt. Like, like roasting plantain. The others will be burnt. When you are roasting plantain, imagine you have 100 plantain in front of you. And then you are supposed to turn 100 sliced plantain. Do you know that a lot of them will go back? Yeah, by the time you turn five, 
a lot of things. Like 15 extra, they are going black. That is how it is. That's how ministry is. And so sometimes I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be attending to one particular person. Morning, I'll check. Have you read your Bible? Uh, afternoon, I'll be checking. As I'm checking, somebody too is busy backsliding. Somebody that I think is okay. A shepherd I think is okay. By the time I'll finish with this new car, you see that he was in church. Now he can't be found. So how will I be able to take care of everybody without a lot of them going back? Or a lot of them backsliding. That's what we talk about efficient pastoring. How will I know your date of birth? To wish you happy birthday. How do I check up on you? How do I teach you what you need? When you are sick, how will you tell me? You don't even have my, my, my contact number. You can't even tell me to pray for you. But you see, if I divide you into groups, into small, small, small cells, and I give you smaller, smaller pastors, or shepherds to be over you, they will know your date of birth. They will know when you are sick. They will visit you when you need someone to visit you. They will come and tell me when something is happening to you so that I can pray for you, so that I can help you. If, if you are in serious trouble, they will come and tell me. You know, one time, one of our people was arrested. I didn't know. But the shepherd told me. He gets out to go on my knees and start But he never got a chance to talk to me. But I got a chance to pray for him. Why? Because the shepherd communicated. Because I have a pastor over that brother. I have someone who is taking care of that brother for me. Helping me to take care of the brother. Is it not the best way of doing things? It's the, 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 the best way of doing things. Jesus Christ. The Bible itself taught us that lesson. The Bible says that, but you should elect or select from the people, able men, God-fearing people, trustworthy people, and those who hate bribes. Place them over the people as officials or ministers of thousands, shepherds of hundreds, shepherds of fifties, and shepherds of tens. Say shepherds of tens. You see, so if you say you don't go for a home cell group, you are not spiritual. I'm teaching you why I've divided you into 10. I'm teaching you why I've divided you into 20. I'm teaching you. Moses was advised by an old pastor that you would die the way you are trying to attend to all these people. You would die by the time your, your children grow up, you will be a dead person. Because you can't rest. Anytime people are calling you, Pastor, my head, my shoulder, my knees, my toe, pray for me. Every time somebody has an issue, how will you be able to take care of your own children? How will you be able to take care of your own wife? How will you be able to, to even take care of your own self? Sometimes we can't eat because the day I plan I'm coming to eat, somebody will call me for a prayer point that requires fasting. But you see, he taught us a smart move here. That divide them into 50. And, and give them leader of 50. Leader of 20. Leader of 1000. Leader of 10. Ask somebody, why don't you like a leader of 10? Why is it that you want only Pastor Prince to come and teach you? You don't like a leader of 10. 
I don't bring anybody keke. I train them before I bring them to you. So receive them. Verse 22. The Bible says, They shall judge the people at all times. Then they can bring you every important case. But judge every minor case themselves. In this way, you will lighten your load. And they will also bear the load with you. Efficient way of carrying the burden. Efficient way. If I clap, you do that better. So the old man was telling Moses, that listen, divide the people into ten, into hundred, into fifty, into thousand, and put over them shepherds, so that the shepherds will handle the smaller, smaller issues. So that when an issue that is bigger than their anointing or their wisdom or knowledge comes, they can bring those big cases to you. That is why we all don't get up and go to Supreme Court of Ghana. You can't get up and go to Supreme Court like You have to first go to your district court. They have district court there. They have circuit court. They have different, different, different levels. Before a Supreme Court. Before even Court of Appeal. Before international court. Whatever court. You can't just get up and go to the top. The issues that go there are the Wyoming issues. The Wyoming. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't take uh, and and then uh, uh, Kofi came to steal my goat to to, to international court. So because of your goat, they should suspend Akaida. Uh, judgment and judgment on Osama bin Laden. They should suspend those and talk about your goat and your chicken. Amen. Amen. Are you following it? What do you achieve? So if you say that you have headache, your so shepherd can pray for you. So that those who are under spiritual attack, those who are that I can deal, I can have time to cast out the devils from those people. You understand how it works? Say efficient pastoring. If you want to only hear from your pastor once in one year and nobody is taking care of you, that's when you say we should, we should not do home cell. Ah, why? We are tired. From today, you are joining a home cell. Oh, you are joining a home cell group. You are joining a home cell group. Jesus is the wisest pastor. Luke chapter 9, verse 14. He did the same. Luke 9, verse 14. All the way to 17. Jesus was going to pastor 5,000 people. He wants to give them food. 5,000 How will he serve food for 5,000 people? There will be chaos. Remember the, the, the lockdown. Those foods that were being distributed. It gets to the news. It's not, people even forgot it is Corona season. People have their nose marks as their necklace. And they are fighting for one pack. One pack of rice. When you are sharing food for a large crowd. So Jesus tried to feed 5,000 people. And many more women. Look at the, the strategy he used. In verse 14. For about 5,000 men were there. Then he told his disciples. Have them sit down in groups of 50 each. Say wisdom. Jesus says for us to feed 5,000 men plus maybe 20,000 women plus about 10,000 children in one place, 
Make them sit down in 50, 50, 50. In other words, sell, sell good. Put them into smaller cells. Last week, we had about 100 people attending our cell group throughout all the cells. This week, we had about 75 people attending the cells. This week, we hardly get that number in evening service here. And so, if I want to teach people Holy Communion, and I want all of them to understand Holy Communion, what would be the best way to distribute that Holy Communion food? What would be the best Cell groups. Cell groups no. Because at the end of the cell, over 100 people have been taught Holy, holy Communion. But if I teach it here on Wednesday, I'll get only 30 people. I'll get only 40 people. At best, 50 people. But when I take it to home cell, I'll get more than 100. So which one is the best way? Home cell. It's the best way to teach you. Clap your hands together for the Lord. So Jesus said, let them sit down. And when Jesus sat down, they sat down in groups. In groups. And then Jesus started sharing the food. And as he shared the food, because there was order, there was order, discipline, this has done well, because the church has been divided into groups. And so it started growing. The food started growing. The food started increasing. If we take this cell system seriously, rescue will start growing into thousands. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Because if you are fight and you see that you are, you are not many, you start working hard to add five. Somebody to is ten, you work hard to add ten. Someone who started with eight, they work hard to have sixteen. Indirectly, the church is what growing. May this church begin to grow. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. Quickly, number three. Number three, you will get ministry opportunities to develop your own potential. A lot of you, you wish you can preach. A lot of you, you want to usher. A lot of you, you want to sing. But if you join this big choir, you may not have the chance to sing but if you go to home cell you'll be able to lead them to sing if you go to home cell you can start the ocean work there if you go to home cell you too you'll be a teacher now we have a lot of people teaching at the home cell either too I was the only one teaching but now on Tuesday night at least we have over 12, 13 people who are busily Doing the work of a pastor. Teaching people. At the same time, you see that they've gotten the chance to develop their potential. The one who leads the worship there has gotten the chance to develop the potential. The one who, who makes the prayer has gotten the chance to learn how to pray. The one who will be checking quiet time. Even some people, they, 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 they count the offerings. That of the church, you count the offerings. And then you take a photograph and send it to me. Every night, 
I see new faces of different members who have never counted money in this church before. But because they are part of a, a small group, they are now the accountants and the cashiers counting the self group money. And the blessings of God comes upon them for doing the work of God. Some of you, when you get to homes, you go and call people and gather them. You are, you are doing the work of God. And so when we divide the church into cell groups, get more people the chance to work for God. May you work for God. I said, may you work for God. I said, may you work for God. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19, the Bible spoke about Aquila and Priscilla. They were leaders of the home cell group. If not for a home cell group, we have never heard of Aquila and Priscilla. We will never hear of, of Nymphas. We will never hear of Apia and Atipos. These were all people who were working in home cells. And today they will be blessed because they had a chance to work. Else we would have just been talking about Paul. It will only be Paul that will talk about. If everybody in the church is only talking about Pastor Prince. Okay, what about the other people God wants to raise? Home cell group is the way out. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. Do it better. Oh, do it better. Do it better. Number four. It's a key to your spiritual growth. And the possibility of backsliding will be minimized. It's a key for you to grow. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2 that we grow up by spiritual milk. Which is the word of God. And so for us to take the word of God, we will be growing. But if it's only Sunday you eat, how will you grow? If it's only Sunday that you hear the word of God, how will you grow? Imagine you give birth and you only feed the baby once in seven days. I'm sure that that baby will grow very well. <laughs> I'm sure that baby will do very good. The baby is likely to die. Oh, but I feed him at least once. Oh, but at least Sunday I come to church. That's why you'll be backsliding. That's why you can't make it to heaven. You need to eat more. You need to hear messages more. That's why we have added Tuesday. On a Tuesday they will come to your house and teach you the word of God so that you can grow them all. So you can grow them all. So you can grow them all. Is it not beautiful? It's beautiful. Clap your two hands. It's very, very important. The reason why you grow spiritually there is because of repetition. What I teach you here, they repeat it over there. So you get a chance to hear it again. That makes you catch it. You get a chance to ask questions. That makes you understand. As I'm preaching, you may have a question. But you can't ask. Because of time. Because of the nature of the Sunday But at home, Cell, you will get a chance. You can lift up your hand and ask the question. They will explain to you. So you see that you are getting more advantage than, than on the Sunday. That is why you will grow. 
you are able to have double sepidorial. You have somebody taking care of you in the choir. He's helping you not to backslide. You also have a home cell leader. Who is also helping you not to backslide. That means your chances of backsliding have been minimized. You have now gotten two shepherds. One in the ashes. And then one in your home. And your head pastor. is also praying for you. And also teaching you. It's only when you are Judas that you can backslide like that. Otherwise, you will be saved. Receive an establishment. May the Lord establish you in the faith. May the Lord establish you in the faith. Number five, you will belong to a family. When you join a home cell, you have a family. Listen to me. You have thousand people. Say, we are a family. Bros. <laughs> it is not really a family. It has become like a clan or an ethnic group. It will be difficult for you to know everybody and for everybody to know you. So the secret to having a family in a big church is when you have a cell group. A family is actually people who are close to you that who knows your, your trouble and you also know them. They can laugh with you, they can weep with you, they mourn with you, they celebrate with you, they know you, you know them, they know your birthday, they call you, they check on you. That is family, not a big group who don't know you. Do you understand what Pastor is saying? Tap the one by you that do you understand what Pastor is saying? Some of you feel like maybe, oh, what I thought is Pastor preaching. What I'm saying is that if you join a cell group, you will have a family. When you leave this place, Sophia. Who in the church talks to you? All your friends are outside the church. It means you don't really have a family here. When we even close church, everybody just open your eyes when we close church, you will see those who are not family. And those who don't have family. They walk straight out. Nobody knows them. Nobody says hello. Charlie, last Tuesday, I didn't know Charlie, how far? Charlie, can we go and check up on what you mentioned last week? They don't have friends. They don't have relatives. They don't have families here. They don't know anybody here. How will we stop that thing and become a family? It can only happen if we embrace the cell. When we embrace the cell, when you close from church, your cell leader will call you. Your cell members will see you. Charlie, how are you doing? Charlie, the last time I didn't see you, are you feeling fine? What's going on? Charlie, the job you spoke about, how far? Because you belong to a family. Some of you will be sitting for rehearsal. Some of you will be taking instructions from your leaders. That those who don't belong to any group, they walk about as though nobody likes them. As for this church, they don't like people. Join a group, join a group. Join a group. We like people. Join a group. When you join a group, you'll make more friends. People will care for you. Listen to me. 
Christianity is a family. Bible says that we have family on earth here. And we have family in heaven. Ephesians 3 verse 15. For you to be a part of that family, you must belong to a group. Like rescue. Like presby. Like lighthouse. Then you have had one level of family. Then now over there you must break down. And join a smaller group. Like the choir. The ashes. Cell groups. Cell groups. Join ministries. Join cells. You say that you now belong to real family. You now have people who follow you. Who mourn with you. When you are mourning your family. You lose your father. You lose your mother. You lose your relatives. Maybe somebody important to you. How will church follow you? It's your cell group. They will follow you. They will stand with you. They will stand at you. With you, they will, they, will, they will defend you. They will contribute for you. Not the whole church. You have people who follow you. When you are naming your baby, if you don't take care, you'll be here alone. The way you behave, you'll be here alone. But when you close, but you go away. Your name we will announce it. They will all clap. But they won't come. I'm their pastor, I'm telling you. People will not come. The reason why they will not come is because they don't they don't have a relationship with you. That's the truth in Ghana. I don't, know, I don't know of US, but in Ghana, I've in US, from every church I've been to, I've seen it. People who come to your funeral, there are people who know you. People who come to your naming, there are people who know you. People who come to your wedding, there are people who know you. Not just the whole church. Who knows you? When you close, you walk away. You don't go for cell meetings. You belong to no group. We will do contributions and murmur it to you. Nobody knows you. Nobody will come. Tell somebody, join a group and have a family. Join a cell and have a family. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your two hands together for me. Psalm 68 verse 6. The Bible says that God called the lonely and put him in a family. Write down Colossians 4 verse 15. Now the last one that I'll talk about today. Number 6. The reason why you must join a home cell is because it is a great combination of signs. A great combination of signs. For you not to go for that home cell, it means you are trying to say something. It means there's a message you are telling Pastor Frank. There's a message you are telling God. There's something you are trying to say. What do you mean by that? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to tell us? You are trying to tell us that you are better than the others. What are the signs you are, you are showing? Sign number one. It means that you are not humble. It's a sign of, of humility if you go. Because when you go, you have children who are there. And you have adults who are there. And you are also part. And you are okay. 
You have people who are not educated. But you are okay. It's a sign of humility. That you go and sit down and then that brother will ask you, uh, please, did you do your quiet time today? And say, oh, yes, please, I did my quiet time. How dare you come to ask me my quiet time? I'm not stepping foot here again. Because we're a big man. Because we're a big woman. No. It's a sign of humility to go. Tell somebody, it's a sign of your humility. So join the home cell group. Number two sign. It's a sign of obedience. God has spoken that we should all sit down. Like Jesus told them, sit in fifties. Those who sat down, they ate. Those who didn't sit down, they didn't get some of the food. Now God has told rescue. Enough of what you have done. Now I want to really multiply you. And so break yourself into groups. As a good person who loves God, what must you do? Obey. Say obey. Tell somebody, are you obedient? Your going to the cell group shows whether you are obedient. Or whether you are disrespectful. Whether you are not obedient. Ask the person, are you part of a cell? It's another sign. The sign of love for God. It shows that you love God. You are not tired of God. You go to church on Sunday. You still come for cell meetings. You still go for rehearsal. You still come for prayer meetings. So aren't you tired? I can't be tired of my lover. I love you too much. I can't be tired of your call. I can't be tired of your text message. I can't be tired of seeing you. The day I get tired of seeing you, the love is going down. The day I get tired of your calls, the love is going down. The day you get tired of going to hotel, your love for God is going down. Do you love God? Ask the one, do you love God? It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. The whole set is a sign. Beautiful. It's a sign. It's a sign. Is it not a sign? You can't be missing my, my, my calls, my text message. You don't respond and you tell me that I still love you. Shut up, shut up, shut up. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign. You don't, you don't visit me and tell me that, but I love you. It's a sign. It's a sign. It's a sign of spiritual maturity. What is maturity? It means you understand. The difference between adults and children is understanding. They see fire. And they laugh. <laughs> because they don't understand it can hurt them. Understand. I've been telling you that when my daughter is doing something wrong and I lift my hand, hey, stop, I'll beat you. She looks at me and laughs. <laughs> She doesn't know that what I've done means beating. She doesn't know. The difference between adults and children is understanding. Those who understand that cell group will benefit them and the church, they are spiritually mature. Don't give excuses. They are just children. I don't know why they should go to school. So they don't ask me to go to school. I'll lie on the floor and I'll be screaming. Yeah. I won't go. You chase me with stick. I'll run small and go and sit down. Yeah. But after I grew up, 
Even when there was no money for me to go to school, I went to do a doctor called for me. And I did susu to get my job box, to buy my provision, to buy my books. I was learning myself. I educated myself in Accra. Before I started money, I went back to school. That is understanding. I didn't wait for someone to come and chase me. But so what was the reason? The same boy who didn't like school. And now, the boy who is now, now he's even working to take care of himself. The difference was I started understanding. When you don't go for home sale, it's a clear sign. You have not grown at all. You are a baby. You are a baby. You are a baby. You are a baby. I pity you. You are a baby. Ask somebody, are you a baby? A baby with mustache. A baby with beard. A baby with makeup. A baby with beauty. You are a baby. Start going for home sales. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. Rise up to your feet. Rise up to your feet. Sign that you are real. The sign that you are real. The sign you are genuine. You don't have anything you are hiding. That's the sign. Lift up your two hands. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His world. What a glory! Oh, Rabba, 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 da Kaba, da Kebreka, da Kebreka, da. What we do is good. We He abides with us still, and with all who would try and obey. Oh, and we walk with Jehovah. Oh, lift up your two hands. God has spoken. God has spoken to us. Oh, the glory on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us and with all who will trust and obey. Yeah, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Again, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey again, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy. Jesus, but to trust and obey again, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy. Jesus, but to trust and lift up your hands. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1, verse 11, that when Pharaoh wanted to make the children of Israel poor, 
When he wanted to make them poor, he set tax masters over them. People were taking their money. Soldiers were taking their money and were using it for Pharaoh. And the children of God became poor. I'm coming to pray a prayer with you. That every spiritual tax master that is taking away money from your hands that is taking away your prosperity don't joke with what I'm saying over and over God has been revealing to us and I want us to pray that thing every demon that has been assigned to take away my money to make me poor today as I pray May the judgment of God come upon them. Deliver me, O God, from every spiritual tax master. Are you ready to pray that? Oh, I can't hear your response. Are you ready to pray that? Listen, listen to me. I thought of the vision of a barrel. Of a barrel with an animal in it that was chewing money. That was the second time God is showing something. And in the vision, I had to hit the barrel before the animal fled. So I am I believe in my prayer. So I'm leading you to pray to hit any spiritual barrel that contains your money. And any demon that has attacked your business and has set tax masters over your pocket. When money comes, they take it with sickness. They make someone steal from you. They make you lose your job. They make you lose customers. Listen, I don't know who you are. But if you can believe and pray this morning, God is going to deliver your finances. And is going to deliver the church finances. Are you ready to pray? Lift up your two hands. If you joke, you are joking with your own life. Say in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, oh God, every spirit, every spirit that is responsible for my hardship, that is responsible for taking money out of my hands, spirit of poverty, spirit of poverty, spirit of hardship, oh God, every tax master, in the spirit that takes away my hard earned money and makes me poor. Say you are a liar. Oh, say you are a liar. As I clap and I pray, I cast you out. Live my life. Lose your power over me. Clap your hands. Let me see you pray. You are not joking. You are not joking. You are not joking. You are not joking. Open your mouth, clap your hands and pray. Release fire upon them. So a taku amoso. Every taku master. Every tax master that is harassing 
my finances that is eating my finances you are a liar you are a liar you are a liar you are a liar i set you on fire i set you on fire every death master in the spirit that has been set against rescue against the church the finances of the church the finances of the church you are a liar you are a liar i cast you away in the name of jesus i set you on fire in the name of jesus i set you on fire in the name of jesus i set you on fire somebody who will receive us and pray if you will be serious and pray if you will be serious and pray god is bringing you deliverance God is bringing your deliverance. God is bringing your deliverance. God is bringing your deliverance. Somebody you are praying. Somebody you are praying. Somebody you are praying. Somebody you are praying. Let the fire, release the fire, clap your hands, release the fire, clap your hands, release the fire, clap your hands, release the fire upon them. Let that devil take his hands off you. Are you praying? 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 The devil is a liar. 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 Shaka da 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 da. Shaka da 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 da. Shaka da 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 da. Uye tuma, ube uso. Uye tuma, ube usika. Uye tuma, ube usika. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. Pray now. Listen, in Joel chapter 2, in Joel chapter 2, from verse 24, 23, 24, 25, he, he speaks about animals that eat. And so he says, and I will restore to you the years, years that the locust, the animal called locust, and it represents the spirit. Because in the vision, we also saw an animal that I will restore to you the years that 
spirit has eaten. That means spirits can chew your years. So by the time you realize five years after school, you are still the same. By the time you realize ten years after employment, you are still the same. There is somebody eating your years. Your years does not correspond to your, your output. You are growing, but nothing is growing in your life. It's a sign that there are spirits that are eating your years. He says, I will restore to you the years the locals, the demon called locals, have eaten. And not only the locals, but the cankerworms. That means another demon. And not just that, but the caterpillar. That's the third demon. And not just that, but the palmer That's the fourth demon. I speak over your destiny in the name of Jesus. Whatever is responsible for your financial hardship, I command them to catch fire and die. I command them to catch fire and die. I command them to cut fire and die. Every attack on the finances of the church. I command that attack is breaking. That attack is over. That attack is over. I declare we will prosper. Lift up your hands. Say in the name of Jesus. We are praying this last one. Say in the name of Jesus. Restore. What does it mean to restore? Restore means what you lost. You have gotten all, not some. All back. So if the devil has, has managed to waste five years of your life, ten years of your life, or some amount of money has been wasted in your hands, he says he's able to restore it. And so God can give it to you back. That is why in one year, you are able to achieve what you could have taken ten years to achieve. It is the power of restoration. Are you ready to pray that prayer? I'm helping you. Are you ready to pray that prayer? Lift up your hand. Say in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear. Say in the name of Jesus. Say, oh God, you are the restorer of the wasted. Oh God, arise as I pray. Restore my finances. Restore my years. Restore my glory. Restore my prosperity in the name of Jesus. Whatever I have lost, whatever I have been wasted, oh God, as I pray, as I clap, I receive it. Double, double. Clap your hands and pray. Come on, come on, come on. Right now, let there be a restoration. Whatever we have lost. Our finances, our years, our finances, our years, our finances, our years, our finances, our years, our finances, right now, restore, restore, restore. 
And I command it is restored. It is open. I said 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 it is open. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Whatever used to bring money into your hands, whoever used to bring you money, whoever you used to get your money from, that has collapsed. I command it is revived. It is restored. It is restored. That door is opening again. That job is coming again. That customer is coming again. That thing is happening again. Receive it one. 
Receive it, Lord. Receive it, Lord. Shout and receive it. Shout and receive it. Shout and receive it. Diva Kiza Kabahabos. Rabababa. Thank you, Jesus. Wave your hands and magnify the Lord. Magnify. Come on, thank him like you know God has started working. Thank you, Lord, for saving your church. Thank you for saving your people. Thank you for the restoration. Thank you, Lord. Whatever we lost, thank you that is coming back to us. The years, the years, the souls, the people, the helpers, the connections. Thank you. The customers. Thank you. The sponsors. Thank you. The helpers, thank you, thank you, Lord. The doors are opening again. Rasuta kabahado sebrehedes, rosta kabahada. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Shout the believing, Amen. Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Reverend Prince Lai. If you have been blessed by this message and have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died, that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven and you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko, Adjacent Best Point Savings and Loan, Odoko Market. For more information, please call 0543 248. 982 or 0241-372-895. God richly bless you.